I don't want to admit this, but I have probably learned more from recording this episode of this podcast than any other one. This is an episode about burnout with Rebecca Haas, who is actually a former client of mine. She is incredible. She was one of my first Kickstarter clients several years ago. We made her debut album. She's awesome. She makes cool Brazilian piano music, composer, brilliant, but she has some very smart, very practical strategies on how you can be consistent in creation while still being a whole person and not burning out, not collapsing on your bed for months at a time. I am so thankful that Rebecca agreed to be on this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to Fan Funded with Laser. I am Laser. The goal of this podcast is to help you build an audience full of true fans who are excited to actually support your music and art. Today, my special guest is Rebecca Haas, who is an excellent, wonderful person. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell me a little bit about all the things you do, who you are? Yeah. Thanks so much, Laser. I'm really happy to be on your show, and I'm excited about it. Um, I am a creative coach, and I call it a creative wellness coach, which is a term that I made up because I don't have a great term for what I do because I'm not just a creative coach who helps people like figure out their career. I help people who are ambitious and are prone to overwork like me, yeah. <laughs> um, musicians and artists of all kinds. We work on being self-compassionate mm. and figuring out how to reduce overwhelm so that they have energy to do the work they really want to do and also to have the life that they want to have that isn't just completely work. I love this. So I know from following you on Instagram and knowing you a little bit that you specialize in burnout yeah. So why why the specialization? Like, did you have an experience? Like, what where does this come from? I was also going to say that I'm a pianist and composer. Oh, yes, please. I know you know because we work together on my Kickstarter. Absolutely. But I specialize in Brazilian music and I play classical music. I play jazz. I play all kinds of stuff. And I also teach piano. And you're very good. And I really Thank enjoy you. working with you. So. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> so burnout, yes. What appeals to me about working with burnout is not the burnout. Obviously, (laughs) we don't like burnout, but like I've gone through it so many times myself. Mm -hmm. And the first time that it was really bad, I don't think I really understood what I was doing. I didn't Mm. understand that I was working all the time and that that wasn't something that humans can sustain. And we get all these cultural messages It started for me in music school and probably even before that. But in music school, you're like, oh, man, I only slept three hours last night. I only slept two hours last night. And, you know, I'm taking 10 classes. Oh, man, I'm taking 12 classes. You're always like bragging about how much you're doing. Yeah. Bragging, complaining, like at the same time. And it's like a badge of honor to be pushing yourself the hardest. Yeah. And it was tough back then when I was 20. But like. Now, 18 years later, I cannot 
do that. <laughs> so I just got really frustrated with all these cultural messages we get reinforcing the fact that we have to burn ourselves out and the things that praise that activity. So yeah. I just want to spread the message that we don't have to live like that and that that doesn't have to be the norm. And Love it. that first time I experienced burnout, it was like mega, mega anxiety. And it took me maybe a year to feel like I was back to normal again. Like it knocked me out. And if we're aware of it and we do more things to take care of ourselves, we don't have to let it knock us out. So that's my goal. Let's not do that. I'm here to help. That's, that's wonderful. I love it. So so I got a question from a listener, Mira. Yeah. And so she said, I want to make things regularly, right? There seem to be like a million things I need to do or I can do, I should do, or I should try, but I know I will get burned out. Like help. Like how, how do we plan ahead? Yeah. <laughs> this is, I know this is a big question and we'll go through a lot of things. But yeah. Like, what, how, what are we, what, what are we looking at, I guess, when we get into this? Yeah. Well, I think it's tricky because the answer is going to be really personal to each person. But okay. I think you can ask yourself, like, what does consistent mean, first of all? Like, oh, okay. does it mean that you need to spend an hour making music every day? Does it mean that you need to do something every day, whether that's collecting ideas or, like, staying connected to the energy of that? Like, sort of knowing, like, what your personal idea of that is would be the first step. And then kind of knowing like what kind of person you are in terms of motivation. Like I personally love daily habits because if I stay committed to a daily habit, it's like, I don't have to think about it. It's just part of the deal. So if that's something that motivates you or like keeping a streak of days, then maybe you would want to try to do that. But if your life feels crazy and you're like, I really like working in big spurts on the weekend, Maybe that's what consistency looks like. So I think just kind of knowing what you want that to look like. And I really think that making small commitments can really add up. Like I know we talked about this in the story of my Kickstarter that I did a hundred day project and I wrote eight measures a day for a hundred days. And like, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it really does add up. And I wrote most of the stuff that ended up on my album that way, which Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to do at all. So it could just mean that you keep on going. And when you make something, it doesn't have to be like, for example, this eight measure project, you're not like writing and filming and producing a full length video and taking lots of pictures and doing a sketch like, yeah, you know, you're, you're just, you know, write eight measures and You've now written eight measures and that's your commitment, but that's still work that you've done. Yeah, exactly. And I know that like, that's a really simple answer because Mm -hmm. if you're trying to make a career out of creativity, there are a million things that you think you should do business wise and to get yourself out there and making those choices is a whole thing, of course. But I also think something to consider is that creative energy is not all the time Like, I kind of think of it like the seasons of the year or like a growing (laughs) season. Like, you might be in a seed planting mode. You might be in a mode where you're just trying to, like, start little things and see what grows. You might be right in the middle of something and be like, okay, I'm in it and I have momentum and I'm going to finish this soon. 
you might be done and like harvesting and sort of reaping the benefits of what you've done. Or you might be in like metaphorical winter and you just are kind of hibernating and not doing as much. So I think accepting that there are seasons and ebbs and flows to our energy is really important too. Like we don't need to beat ourselves up over consistency at this high level. I love that. Okay. I think just to go back to your 100 day project, Mm -hmm. it was 100 days. It wasn't every day infinitely. So that kind of is like another thing. All right. So so tell me about different stages and different types of burnout? Yeah. So there is this framework. There are these psychologists named Herbert Freudenberger and Gail North, and they came up with this 12-stage framework back in the 80s. And like, there are a lot of different ways of conceiving of burnout and stages and whatever. But I like this 12 stages framework a lot because, I don't know, I just kind of see myself in it. And like, what do you think of when you think of burnout? Me? Yeah, you know, honestly, I should worry about it more. But I think I think I think like of being so overwhelmed at so many things I need to do. I just take a nap. Uh-huh. Like I'm so I'm so stressed out that I, I think I think of like a big black void of static in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're just shutting down because yeah. you can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mo- what most of us think of yeah. that like maybe feeling depressed or like total mental physical collapse. But like, that's like stage 11 and 12 on this continuum. So like, there's a long way to go before that. And we could talk about this the whole podcast. So I'll like kind of gloss over it. But yeah, yeah. But like the, the early stages are like, being compelled to prove yourself, working harder and having a hard time switching off and neglecting your needs, like skipping a meal to keep working. Like all these Mm. things are really normalized and they probably make you look good because they make you look like you're really committed to your work. Yeah. And so that's like already kind of headed on the way. Yeah. And then in the middle, you have stuff like you're like kind of revising your values and like dismissing your family and friends and like work is the only thing that seems important to you. And like, that's so tricky because as creative people, our work is super important to us and it should be, but this is kind of like denying yourself the other parts of your life and, you know, not feeling balanced. And then like later on is like starting to withdraw and your behavior is changing. People are starting to notice that you're acting strangely and, you know, probably not doing so well. And then like stage nine, 10, 11, it's like sort of losing your sense of worth and feeling out of touch with yourself and feeling empty inside and that kind of stuff. So like, it's a whole continuum. And before I understood that, I didn't know that I was maybe like edging my way into burnout I was just like yeah I'm really tired but I have to keep working right because because work (laughs) and I kind of think about this like you just talked about some stuff that's pretty extreme and like I would call those like red flags but I kind of talk about (laughs) pink flags that are like the signs that come before that and they're going to be different for all of us but I know that when I start to feel just kind of like annoyed with everything all the time and just kind of crabby And, you know, maybe I start to be less friendly to my loved ones or whatever. Like, that's like a sign that I'm headed down the wrong path. So the more that we can know ourselves and kind of know what our own personal pink flags are, we can be like, all right, I see you. And I'm going to do something to counteract heading further down that path now. Oh, I feel like I'm in an intervention right now, Rebecca. Like, this is like, (laughs) uh, I haven't... 
And I called my mom in two weeks. Okay, well, well, I'm very glad that we're having this conversation now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so what do we do then? Like, what what do I do? Like, yeah. so so you said you can give us like some quick and easy self care tips for avoiding burnout. Yeah. I don't know where. What what's a good place to go now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many different things, of course, but okay. I kind of think about this dichotomy of like things either usually deplete your energy or replenish your energy. Yeah. So like the simple equation, that's not like an equation that like beep, boop, bop, I solved it. But, <laughs> you know, do less of the stuff that depletes you, do more of what replenishes you. And mm-hmm. honestly, when I'm super busy and overwhelmed, I might not remember what that is. <laughs> so like, yes, ask yourself that question first. And when you ask yourself that question, you're not saying I have to solve this right now. You're just saying like, okay, what can I do? Like what is possible? Because when you're overwhelmed, adding to your to-do list with a bunch of self-care could actually stress you out. And that's not what we want either. Yes. Okay. But I think really small things like remember you have a body and it has needs and -hmm. listen to it, which obviously is a practice. Yeah. But like... How often have you been like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat lunch. And then you're like, I'm just going to do one more thing. And hours go by. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why is work so hard right now? Oh, yeah. My brain is not working because I don't have any food. You know, yes. so easy to do. So planning in breaks is a big one for me. Okay. Knowing that I'm going to take little breaks and that like five minutes of something might actually really help. Yeah. Or like if a web page is loading too slow, I'll like take five deep breaths while it's happening. Oh, very good. Anyway, yes. you can just sneak it in. It doesn't need to be this giant life overhaul or, mm-hmm. or you know, a full scale intervention. It's just knowing that like I have permission to take little breaks and yeah. that they're not a waste of time. They're actually going to help me show up and work better when I'm finished. Yes. I really like asking myself, what do I need today? Like I have a reminder set on my phone for 7 a.m. every day. And so I see it when I wake up and a daily walk is one of my things that I have to do to feel well, both mentally and physically. So like I usually do that in the morning and I will ask myself that question, like, what do I need today? Like maybe I'm feeling really tired and I know I need to take a slower pace or maybe I'm feeling really emotional because of something that's going on. And I know I need to just like speak more kindly to myself. So, you know, asking that question. Yeah. It's really lovely. I mean, I love the like, just take breaths and remind yourself that you're worth it. Like, yeah. Or a cat break is a favorite break break of mine. My cat Rusty is my relaxation mentor. That is his official (laughs) title. Beautiful. He's so good at it. And, you know, he helps me out. I don't know if this happened to you down in Southern California, but do you remember that day that the sky was orange here in the Bay Mm -hmm. Area last September? Yeah. So like that felt really stressful to me, obviously. And I would just pick up my cat and I would like (laughs) hold on to him and I would just like slowly walk the length of my house, like very meditatively. And I would just Uh walk back and forth for like five or 10 minutes. And actually what made me stop is my cat's kind of heavy and I was like my arm hurts (laughs) but you know like that really helped to just step away for a minute and be like okay I'm gonna take a breath and maybe maybe on this really crazy smoke fire day I'm not gonna get as much done as I thought and that's okay oh I love that yeah that's really smart so it doesn't have to be profound or big 
I think yeah. that's the most important thing is you can do something really small and it actually does make a difference. So what is compassionate productivity? Well, I made up this term and as far as okay. I can tell with my Googling that no one else has or if they have, it's not on the internet. I love so it. So I'm, I'm taking credit as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Last year when the pandemic started, you know, everything was feeling crazy. I sort of because I worked at some schools as an accompanist and obviously everything was closed. My schedule was suddenly really open and I let things be flexible for a while and kind of like gave myself the grace to process it and like took that time instead mm-hmm. of making myself work like crazy all the time. But after yeah. a few weeks, I was like, you know, I really need more structure in my life. This isn't really working for me. I need to at least like try to have control over something. I mean, that that's a whole thing, whether we really have control or not. But <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah. well, I think that I'm going to try time blocking my schedule again so that I can feel like I have this structure. But the last time that I did time blocking was in like 2015 before that. And I time blocked every inch of my day so much yeah. that I'd be like, okay, I'm 10 minutes behind now. I'm feeling really guilty. Um, I need to eat my lunch really fast because I need to stay on schedule. And it was all me mm-hmm. constructing this. Like no one was breathing down my neck to do anything. It was all like fabricated that I had to put so much pressure on myself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again, but it can't be like that. That's not going to work for me. So I started to experiment with different ways of time blocking and figure out ways to have breaks in my day, to have space, to let things expand if they take too long. Because as humans, we're really bad at knowing how long things will take. Yeah. They're always like double or quadruple what you think they will be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And as much as I know that, I don't really schedule that way necessarily. So I tried that out. And so I was like, okay, this is compassionate productivity. Like, being productive with a really specific purpose that feeds into the things that actually matter and the things you actually want to be doing. It's not just like productivity. So you can be like, I checked off everything on the list and I look really busy right now and all, all the things that go into productivity and that like toxic hustle productivity culture. Yeah. So that, that's what I think. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Kind of what we already talked about, actually, like you have a body, it has needs, you have to make time for it. You know, breaks are important. We have to replenish ourselves in order to be able to do good work and show up for other people, all that kind of stuff. I'm only very recently getting into this, (laughs) this, this cool trend of it's okay to not work so hard. Yeah. Because getting stuff done is very valued to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I have all these like sliders in my mind of like, yes, I could go for a walk. But if instead of that, I made a video, then at least I'm getting something done, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, I could make myself a meal. But if instead of that, you know, I, you know, got something done. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm I'm kind of curious about like, your view on that, like this or that Mm -hmm. kind of view. Yeah. Well, I took this class on rest with Mara Glatzel, who is super amazing. And she's the person who got me thinking about this differently. But she talks about it as like you're borrowing against yourself every time you do that. Like you're kind of going into energy debt every time you like deprive yourself of a meal or push yourself too hard or whatever, because it is going to catch up with you later. Like you need to recover more because you pushed yourself that much further. 
Yeah. So once I started thinking about it like that, well, and once I experienced anxiety so bad that like the burnout basically made me take time to recover and it, it prevented me from working normally, you know, except baseline. I, I had to learn it the hard way. Like Mm -hmm. if you're new to it, you or anyone listening, like no shame, zero shame. There are so many messages that are telling us like our worth comes from what we do. And that leads you to be like, well, yeah, skip the meal. Yeah. Skip the walk. And you know, it's, it sounds like this or that, but maybe it's not actually like, I know sometimes I take a walk and before that I'm working on, I don't know, a podcast episode or something. And I think about the podcast episode before I leave. And during my walk, ideas keep popping up and I'm like stopping to jot stuff down in my phone. So actually sometimes when I think the longer walk, like I should have turned back instead of taking the longer walk, it's like actually fueling what I need to do because it's allowing me to think better than if I sat at my laptop, which yeah, that doesn't happen every day, of course. But when it does happen, I'm like, oh yeah, good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Moving around doing, I mean, this is something I've experienced recently because I finally hired an assistant, which I should have done years ago. Cool. But like now that I am not doing the repetitive tasks yeah. that I've been doing for 10 years, mm-hmm. my brain is like, I could do other things. I have all of these creative ideas. I'm yeah. like, it's amazing. My brain keeps turning over the thing that you said at the beginning you started with this like really juicy idea that I kind of want to drill into a little bit more which which is like the consistency like Mm. I want to make things consistently Mm -hmm. I want to be productive yeah and you said that that can mean different things for you yeah and and that it kind of reminds me of instead of feeling like you have to sit down and write eight hours a day in order to be a writer maybe you sit down and write 30 minutes a day right and I think that that is something that like for some reason feels, it feels counterintuitive. Like even no matter how many times that I hear that it works for people, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still like, well, but that's not real. But like, then yeah. I don't write at all because then I get overwhelmed yes. by the mountain of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just, it's such a good idea. <laughs> I know. And it's like, sounds mm-hmm. like such a good idea, but then in practice, of course, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Sometimes I can trick myself though. If I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's actually a short amount of time. That's no problem. Like I'll even trick myself by saying I'll do five minutes. And I know that sounds silly because I'm like, what am I actually going to accomplish in five minutes? But it's never really five minutes. It's like hardest to get yourself there. And once you're already there, the momentum is going to help you. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think, I think that's such a smart, like just make something Mm -hmm. get consistency but don't push yourself into thinking you have to be like Hemingway I don't know yeah some you know some dude that didn't have to make his own meals but like (laughs) yeah uh, you know do that routine in order to be legitimate at what you do yeah like you don't have to burn yourself out because also all of those I don't know I get so frustrated at all those like books about productivity and you have to do these things to be a real writer that are all written by like men who had chefs and wives yes. and and also were like on so much alcohol and yes. cocaine and stuff and it's like this is not your role model no <laughs> like- <laughs> or the people who are like Beyonce has the same number of hours a day as you and it's like yeah she has a whole team of people helping her she so like don't staff, even so yeah down. and also I'm sure she takes lots of breaks it's fine yeah. it's all fine yeah um and 
Comparison is so harmful. It anyway. is. Yes. Okay. Where do people find your podcast? What do you want hmm. people to know? My podcast is called Being a Whole Person. I talk about this kind I of stuff that. all the time. And I have an episode where I get into the 12 stages of burnout. I can send okay. you the link to that. I have an episode on why we resist rest and how it helps our creativity, which I think is a really good one for okay, the question right. you asked. Um, there was another one that came to mind that related to what we we're talking about. I oh, guess, like, low power it, mode, like creating, oh. staying connected to your creativity when you're in low power mode. I did that one in the winter when I was just feeling like it's January, it's dark, you know. I love that. And kind of the different ways that creativity can show up. I'm so into this. I love this. So I guess I, if I'm, I'm going back to this question that Mira asks, like, I want to make things regularly, but I know I will get burned out. Just make yourself like really realistic, low investment yes. goals. And just think about what that looks like on the other end of 100 days, right? Right. And how impressive that is. Right. Or not 100 no. days. Maybe it's just you talk about this week and you're like, my goal yeah. this week is to do it once. If you I haven't done it. it in a long time, especially because if you have been having a hard time committing to something and you've been avoiding it because you're building up this shame about it, you might just keep shame avoiding it because it makes you feel bad <laughs> when you think about it. So like if yeah. you can trick yourself and just get yourself to do it once, if that's your issue, like that's huge. Okay. I love that. All right. So I want to talk a little bit more about your art and your music. Sure. Um, what's the latest on your music career and the stuff you're making? Yeah, it's COVID time. So yeah, it's been kind of frustrating not being able to do as much in person. And yeah. I moved here to the Bay Area almost two years ago. So I was here for only like nine months before COVID happened. So I didn't feel like I got to totally integrate into the community here, although I do know a lot of people who play Brazilian music from going to California Brazil camp here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting vaccinated soon, hopefully, and getting to actually do stuff with people in person or like outside or something. But yeah. I've been doing online collaborations with people throughout the pandemic. Like, Heck yeah. There was a whole craze with the acapella app at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. And so I was making some Brazilian videos with some friends and that was fun. I've been doing some online concerts, which I did for the first time at your suggestion to celebrate my Kickstarter. And it was really fun. Yay. And I hadn't done one since then. So I was like, well, that's a thing I could do. I have this grand piano in my living room. Like I'm going to play it. And it's been really fun to share music with people that way and like being far away from a lot of people that I know in Minnesota, like they can just tune in and watch. So like, that's really awesome. And Excellent. I don't know, my next step feels unclear right now as to what I'm going to do next yeah. writing wise. And to be totally honest, I have not written very much music at all in the last year plus because it's mm -hmm. just felt like a lot of upheaval and I've been focusing yeah. a lot on the coaching side of things. So I guess that's another thing that I should have mentioned when you talked about consistency is like things go in seasons. Maybe you're going to yeah. focus on one aspect of your career for a while and maybe the others will take a back seat because that's how it has to go. But they're not dead just because you're ignoring them or like putting them on the back burner to simmer for a little while in a few months. You can be like, all right, 
composing. I'm going to really focus on that for a while. So that isn't what I've been focusing on that much, but I have been focusing on just committing to playing as close to every day as I can. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really felt like creativity needed to be fun and I needed to recommit to that when the pandemic started. Yeah, absolutely. And I created this little five day challenge well, it's an unchallenge actually, because it's super easy. It's called the feel good creativity unchallenge. And I ran it in, I used to have a Facebook group and I did it live with people there, but now it's like a five day email thing that you can sign up for. And it's just these super easy prompts for creativity and wellness at once. So I've been trying to do just little things like that to make sure that I'm keeping it fun and that I'm doing something so that music keeps feeding me. Because when it's your job, sometimes you can get caught in the shoulds and the obligations and you're like, wow, I don't remember the last time I played just for fun. And that's sad. I don't want that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that you like have that in your head. I, I Yeah. That's it's just you have so much awareness of how things feed you and stuff. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say that yeah. like, even though I have a lot of this awareness, that doesn't mean I show up and do this perfectly all the time. <laughs> like I have a lot of things yeah. that I practice intermittently. But like, if you're listening to this, and you're like, Oh, man, I can't do all that stuff. Like, I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it all the time either. It's just like, yeah, I have the awareness. And I keep showing up to reflect on it. And I don't stop doing that basically you just have to keep like reassessing and starting over <laughs> okay my next question I think is you, you've kind of talked about a little bit but like what would you change about your creative career mm-hmm. and what will you never change <laughs> my first thought is I want to be making music with people again yes. <laughs> just external external circumstances that I can't really change yeah. I would like to be composing more I'm hoping that that will feel open we're trying to find a new place to live right now and like that's kind of consuming my my thoughts and once we get settled in a new place I think it'll feel a little bit different and that'll be sort of a fresh start not to say I'm not going to try until then but you know the seasons that's just how it's working out but yeah you know I would like to be doing more creating I'm doing a lot of improvising I would like to be doing more writing down right now but that will come Mm-hmm. And what will never change, I'll never stop learning. Like yeah. learning is the most exciting thing about being a creative person, I think, or being a human really in general, Yeah, like being a student of life. And I think that's what draws me to doing creative things and creative business because it's just sort of built in that you always have to be learning something new because maybe the internet is changing and like yeah. the algorithm and the the idea you tried isn't working anymore or whatever it is. Like it's a constant experiment. And as a recovering perfectionist, that's actually like really uncomfortable for me in some ways, but in other ways I really thrive on variety and learning stuff and trying it out. So yeah, Yeah, what, what that looks like will keep changing, but the fact that it's happening will stay constant. Yeah. Well, speaking of the system, the systems and internet and stuff, what are tools you use that you'd recommend, including whatever journals or challenges or anything that you, you're up to or uh-huh. physical tools? I guess software wise, I don't have anything super novel. Like I use GarageBand for my podcast and recording stuff. And I yeah. use Trello to organize all my things. Love my a Trello. Do's. Yeah. Huge fan of Trello. And I use the Get to Workbook Planner, Ooh. which is just like a weekly spread 
and I actually use the notepad version of it, not the like physical planner version. And I just print the PDFs because I've discovered all I need is just like a list of things. I don't need like the schedule because that lives in Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. So I'll do like a little post-it note with all the things that have to happen that week. And then I'll kind of fill in each day as I go. And that works really well for me. Nice. And then I personally do a weekly check-in with myself every Friday or maybe it happens on the weekend, sometime on the weekend. And I ask myself four questions, which are what worked this week? What didn't work this week? What did I learn? And what do I want from next week? And I write that on my planner too, because I don't really use the Saturday, Sunday part. So I just like write the answers on, on the side. And then I save all those and I kind of look back when I look back at the year and I can be like, oh, this is like what I was thinking and actually like growing through at that time. Cause I won't remember otherwise. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And I have a free resource library on my website that has worksheets for that weekly check-in and a monthly check-in template that I do. What's the website? Coachingforcreativewellness.com slash resources in this case. That's so great. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of helpful handouts and stuff in there and other tools that I use and websites I like and things that I'm forgetting. But the other thing I should mention (laughs) that I love is the self-control app, Oh, which is for Mac. And I keep saying this and thinking that I need to find a PC version of it too, but I'm sure you can Google Google around and find one, but it basically Uh blocks websites for freedom. Freedom is the, Oh, freedom. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Now I know. Yeah, Yeah, you can block websites for a period of time that you specify and you can blacklist certain ones or you can only whitelist like a few of them if you want to get really restrictive. And that's really helpful for me when I'm like, Facebook, open the tab, open another tab, keep scrolling. You know, I call it the digital munchies (laughs) when this happens to me. And, you know, you're just kind of like nervous energy and keep opening tab after tab after tab. And it's making you feel worse, but you keep doing it because you're like stuck in a loop. So self-control, the app helps me not do that. Yes, I agree. I have a, I have an app that blocks social media and then I have a parent lock on my phone. My husband knows the code to Instagram. I have like a 15 minute limit on social media. Nice. I mean, not all the time, but sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, I usually use it up by 12, 15 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, I hear bad you. Bad news. It's I, a yeah. bad thing for me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that one. I have not been limiting myself on the on the social medias by not by minutes at least. I yeah. did for a while, especially through election season. I had a no social media after dark rule. Oh, that's good because it was stressing me out so much to look at news stuff or just new stuff filtered through social media and. When it's dark outside is when my mind starts to feel more dark, more tired, all this stuff. So I was like, nope, we're not doing that. I'm going to play Zelda instead. (laughs) That's so smart. It was great. Good tips. I love those. As great as as that season could be, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we Um, made it. Final question. You've given us tons of great advice. What final tip you would give for somebody who wants to pursue a creative life like yours? I'm going to say... Don't say it has to be like mine or like anybody else's. I wish that I had known that my path had to be my path because I found it so much safer and easier to try and look at, look to other people and be like, well, I can kind of like follow the steps of what they did because it's obviously so much more comforting to have a path in front of you. Yeah. And I tried a few different paths 
that didn't work for me, like building up my piano studio to 30 students and getting super burned out because I didn't want to be teaching that much. And I'm an introvert and, you know, it just <laughs> wasn't the ideal way to structure my life, Yeah, you know, so don't, don't feel like you have to follow someone else's path, even though I know that takes a lot of bravery and figuring stuff out. And I also wish that I had not expected the path to be linear or like even tried to make it linear because like, it's just not. (laughs) It's a winding road. Yeah, There's so many songs about winding roads. Right. (laughs) There's a reason (laughs) for that. Who knew that cliches were true? (laughs) They became cliches for a reason. And I guess the other things I kind of touched on these, but like small steps add up to big things. If you just keep doing them, like don't discount the small actions Yeah, and make sure that you have time to reflect so that you know what you want to be doing differently or so that you know what's working for you and you're going to keep doing. And that can be a small thing too. Like that weekly check-in I just mentioned, it's four questions. It takes me less than 10 minutes to do, but it's, it's so invaluable. Yeah. And just be kind to yourself along the way. I love it. This is such a valuable episode. I hope that everybody goes and listens to your podcast. Thank you. Being a whole person. Being a whole person. Being a whole person. And Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank you so much, Laser. It's been super fun to talk to you. That's our show. If you want one thing to take away from this, I would recommend you go over to Rebecca's website and sign up for her five-day creativity challenge. It's bit.ly slash creativity five day. It's just like a free little email challenge where you will productively but also sustainably do fun challenges for five days. Really easy. She called it an unchallenge because it is not challenging, but you will make fun things. So go over there, bit.ly slash creativity five day. It will be very fun. If you have any questions, always send them to fanfundedpodcast at gmail.com and I will ask either myself or a future guest, just like we asked Rebecca to help us out with burnout, specifically because of your questions. Thank you so much to Aubrey Turner for editing this podcast. Please share it with a creative friend. If you want to hear more from me, I have a free true fan finding guide and an excellent newsletter over at my website, lasercampaigns.com. And never forget that the things that make you different are what really make you shine. Have a good one. Thank you.